0: Hello, everyone. My name is Maciej Novak and welcome to the awesome to know podcast where we discuss all things WordPress. My today's guest is Adam Zielinski, who is a core committer at WordPress core at Automatic and more recently creator of the WordPress Playground. And in today's episode, we talk about, of course, WordPress Playground, how it started and what problem does it solve. And the second interesting theme would be an inside look how Automattic operates as a remote organization and how it enables people like Adam to create really cool stuff. If you don't want to miss new episodes and keep learning more about WordPress, please subscribe to our awesome to know newsletter at awesomestudio.com slash newsletter. This is osomstudio.com slash newsletter. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please give us a thumb and subscribe to the channel. This means a world to us. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Adam Zieliński.
1: Hey everyone, it's good to have you here. We're glad you decided to tune in for this episode of the Awesome to Know podcast.
0: Hello Adam, great to have you on the podcast.
1: Hey Marty, thank you for having me.
0: Great. Uh, Adam, can you start with introducing yourself a little bit for our listeners?
1: Absolutely. So, my name is Adam Hilinski. Uh, I'm a WordPress core developer and committer working in Automatic. Uh, I started creating WordPress Playground last year to solve a problem with starting with WordPress. That was just too hard. And uh, I'll be talking a little bit about that today and in my spare time i like to play badminton do some bouldering uh, right on a bike
0: great stuff yeah and and th- th- this is one of the reasons why why we are talking today because i would love to dig deeper into playground so uh, you you briefly touched upon this why you created this but give us a little bit more more of a background why did you start fiddling with with playground
1: sure so last year i created this tutorial for gutenberg um, that was called uh, create your first application with Gutenberg data layer and the data layer part of it, that was pretty, mm, I don't want to say easy, but pleasant to work with. I, progress was uh, smooth, I got great feedback, but then, uh, well, for new contributor to actually use that, start following the steps, well, there needs to be a setup uh, step in that tutorial. And these instructions, like they just take so long and they are so difficult for a new person. So you have to uh, download WordPress or install some CLI tools, configure things that you maybe never even seen so far, just to get started with writing some JavaScript code. And uh, I really want to believe a lot of people actually get through that and follow the tutorial. But I know this is a huge barrier of entry. So I was thinking what if the entire WordPress could just run in here in the browser tab, and then there would be no setup required. You would just start learning. And well, week later I had a working prototype and a couple of months later, it was at a stage where other people could start using it. So this is how it all started because WordPress was too difficult to get started with. And all right, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there
0: yeah well, please continue this this, this sounds this, this sounds interesting because i thought maybe this was uh, you know the approach was uh, initiated elsewhere but you know since this started uh as i understand this it was an educated and an education um exercise so you were working on documentation and, and tutorials and out of it uh, the idea originated so uh it you know it's too complicated and then you started with uh, with another approach so this is this is super interesting so please continue i stop after you stop <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely so in athens like we had a U recently so in athens uh, at one of the workshops the interactivity api workshop uh, 70 developers showed up to learn how to build interactive blocks using the new api to come in the next wordpress versions and this is all the same problem, right? Whether you have a tutorial or you have a workshop, there are developers that need to get started. So some of them already had their development environment, but for the rest of them, Louise, who... Uh, was the host for the workshop, prepared a special NPM command, and that command did two things. It started a webpack for like, Gutenberg packages, all that, but also it started a complete WordPress development environment, even if you didn't have PHP installed or Docker or, or MySQL or anything at all. Just know. So we had 70 developers sitting in there, and I'm very happy to say that we almost haven't seen any technical issues. Like one person had something and for the rest of it, well, it just worked. So we went from downloading WordPress, setting everything up, like spending hours on it, maybe like half of the workshop to just running a single command. And like Playground even powers the extension for Visual Studio Code, right? So you don't even need to know anything about terminal. You just click a button there. Uh, And I'm already touching on something. more so playground works in the browser it works in the server also and the barriers are getting very muddy in here like the web version of playground as of yesterday it supports mounting a local directory from your disk in the browser so then you get playground locally but in a browser but it uses your files like it it's kind of magical but the point is the barrier of entry to WordPress like it's getting lower and lower and lower and some frameworks for JavaScript like Svelte they have these tutorials where you just open a website and you start typing code and you see what the framework does and they can do it because they run JavaScript right there. WordPress could never do it so far but now like I've been in touch with folks who are uh, working on the official documentation for WordPress and for learning, uh, learning materials for that and they are all super excited about playground so who knows like maybe one day we'll see the entire wordpress documentation being interactive and you'll be able to start learning it on your phone when you have a break maybe you're not a developer yet right but you just open that and oh let's interact with that Mm -hmm.
0: all right i'm thinking also about you know how what would be the default approach let's say because um if i understand this correctly the 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 barrier that playground is leveling is that you are starting from scratch and is this like a real concern i'm you know i'm a little bit like a devil's advocate here but uh, I'm, I'm thinking that if someone is learning you know advanced concepts like let's say javascript here there is already knowledge and understanding of basic programming and and, and so on so i'm thinking that maybe it's not such a big barrier to for, for entry that would require another like framework uh, to do so. So, you know, and don't, 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 don't you know, don't get I'm angry really, with me. I'm, I'm really Rats- glad you asked
1: that actually. <laughs> and uh, I, my answer to this is, have you ever attended a contributor day on any WordCamp?
0: Yes one, once yeah I've been there I, once, but I I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that there was no coding but I but this was you know more on a translation uh, like uh, end of spectrum, let's say.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, for the coding part, like some contributor days have these uh, tables where you get to develop a pull request for Gutenberg or uh, take your first steps with contributing to WordPress. And the way it typically works is that the entire day is spent on just setting up WordPress. And if maybe a few pull requests come out of that, like that's a huge success. Like it is so hard to to get all set. And I actually didn't believe it. Like some people told me and I was like, yeah, like, but it's easy, right? Like you just download this and like click that and it works. And then I started onboarding new people to WordPress development. And I, I onboarded uh, like my friend and uh, yeah, like two of my friends and took us hours to get there. And they had Windows and turned out, oh, now you need like uh, WSL to run it. And then you need to restart your computer a bunch of times and oh, maybe NPM, like install, like there was a problem with that and this and that. Like, there were just problems jumping at us uh, from everywhere. On contributor days, on WordCamp, it's the same story. You would think it takes uh, no, not that long, like we work with WordPress every day. We have our development environments, like setting up new website. That's quite convenient and easy if you're already all set. But to get there, oh, this is super hard. And this is the same problem with contributing for, for Gutenberg, even outside of the context of contributor days. I, my wife, uh, Anya, she is now uh, working as a software developer. And she switched careers recently. So uh, during that journey, I showed her uh, the Gutenberg repo, and uh, she actually got inspired to contribute a pull request. So the process of creating that pull request that was reasonably straightforward, but getting to a working development environment, that was super difficult. Mm-hmm. That was a very long answer, but yeah, what but I'm saying is, I yeah, like the, this I like, like long
0: answers. Uh, uh, I tend to ask even longer questions than the <laughs> answers, So <laughs> stop me if you hear such an answer, uh, such a question. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, but yeah, the, 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 this is this is illuminating because my understanding was that if you are a WordPress developer and you are capable of uh, creating something worth uh, like pulling like a, like a pull request, you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have problems setting your environment for for the day. So you no, know, it's like, I'm I'm thinking, is it a chicken or an egg uh, pro problem? So it is, it, it, I, and I'm you know, work, work comes are for everyone, but I'm thinking maybe if, you know, it's like, if someone is able to create code that that's worth, like, in, in, in incorporating into into platform that person would be also able and capable of setting up uh, their environment uh, rel- relatively quick uh, but on the other hand if the exercise is to get other people to work with wordpress familiarize them with the platform and make it easy and assisted uh, by you know organizers and, and and people who are on the on the on the whole helping everyone then that's very valid point that, you know, the exercise is to make them understand WordPress, like, yeah. like, 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 workshops. So it's like there's a workshop path and there is a, a contributor day, which is a workshop uh, in disguise, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, essentially. And for workshops, like even the online ones for people who already have WordPress, well, some of these workshops are about very specific things in WordPress. For example, creating an interactive, uh, block. us yeah, I like this example. And to start doing that, well, maybe it's nice if you have WordPress, but also the latest Gutenberg plugin installed. Maybe it's also nice if you already have a some kind of plugin boilerplate to to start working with. Maybe it's also nice if you have a specific theme, because the entire workshop tutorial wants to show you like interactions between uh, things that are shipped like with in specific WordPress setup is what I'm saying. And you can start reproducing all these things locally by just, oh, like I move this piece here, I go to plugin directory, I install stuff. But again, this takes time and you need a fresh WordPress install and then maybe you learn, oh, I need this and this PHP extension, I don't have it. So now I have a problem, right? Well, maybe I'll get to this tutorial on another day. Well, with this, as a tutorial author, you will be able to share the exact state that you're starting in, and everyone uh, who follows along would build on top to- on top of that. And that would be not just WordPress files, but the complete WordPress environment. So you would know it works everywhere. And you would be able to share it uh, for people to work locally, but also a link that they can click to, to maybe a finished state of that. Oh, like, here's what I'm building to and this also has huge implications for folks who are not developers right if you want to build a block theme you can do that in the site editor with the create block theme plugin but you need a wordpress site and you need that plugin installed and this is already quite a big barrier right because for a wordpress site well you need to pay someone and if you want to in- if you need to install plugins there maybe that plan is more expensive right so it's not quick it's not straightforward and it's not free however with playground you can go to Playground WordPress Net. Like, there can be a special link that uh, gives you the exact state you need to be in. And you just start building a theme. Mm-hmm. Okay. And
0: the current state of affairs is that I can download Playground, run it, and I have full WordPress operating locally without any hassle, right? right. So how how is it done?
1: Technically uh, speaking. All right. So... Uh, WebAssembly time. So there's this cool new technology called WebAssembly, and what it does, it it allows you to take, I will I would say, desktop programs. There are nuances to that, but take des- desktop programs and build them in such a way that you can run them, essentially in JavaScript. So d- in the browser,
0: that, yeah. D- does it work like transcompiler, something like this? like compiled from one programming language to another or uh, from one technology, like uh, like uh, you have, for example, I don't know, uh, you can run um, Windows within Mac. If you can cross-compile one, one, one platform All right, into, that's in, into another.
1: Yeah, like WebAssembly is a compilation target. So, in a way, that is cross-compiling. Oh, yeah. So, the, this, the, also, yeah.
0: The, yeah this was what I was thinking. All right.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So, takes the source code and it outputs a binary code, assembly code, only it's not an assembly for any specific CPU. It's this format called WebAssembly that it's, it's a common standard across like all runtimes. So you can take it and you can run it in your browser, in Node.js, maybe even on a tracking device strapped to a sea turtle, like somewhere, <laughs> right? If you only can run, like, you only have a JavaScript runtime there or more precisely WebAssembly. Runtime. There are nuances to that, but the way it works is that so PHP as a programming language is itself a program written in another programming language called C. So you can take that C code and you can build it for the server or for the desktop. And then you can run PHP, you know, classically, like every WordPress runs this way. But now you can also take the same source code and compile it to WebAssembly. And then you can take the output and run it in the browser, in Node.js, in Visual Studio Code, like anywhere you have JavaScript.
0: All right. so this means that once compiled, this can be um, ported to everywhere, wherever there is uh, JavaScript. And this is uh, this is uh, provided by the browser, correct?
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like there are nuances, like you have this quick JS uh, JavaScript runtime, for example, and I'm not sure if it supports WebAssembly, I would guess not but the big ones the the most popular javascript on James, yeah like they they do run that and like the biggest of them all like v8 yeah absolutely supports mm-hmm. webassembly
0: all right so we we've 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 talked a little bit about the um case um, like use case which yeah. originated like like inspired the idea to create this what is what is possible with this like what are the other use cases? Because, you know, it's often the case that one, one idea inspired the solution and that solution can be used in multiple ways.
1: Yeah, this is a really cool question. And I am only discovering that honestly, I had some ideas of my own, but the community and people using Playgrounds keep coming up with fantastic new use cases. Like just recently, my colleague Ella, she built this uh, iOS application that runs WordPress like directly on your phone. And this was never done before. So it's called Block Notes. It's currently in a public beta. And well, you can use it to write notes using Gutenberg. And the cool part is these notes are synchronized across your devices. And the web version block nodes uses the exact same wordpress, the exact same code base and it uses this browser feature that allows you to mount a local directory and use it in a browser to like allow you to edit these nodes like right there without sending them into any cloud. So now the entire data is yours and the same app runs everywhere which makes maintenance quite easy. You don't have five different code bases suddenly. You don't need to write Swift and Objective-C and then PHP and JavaScript and all that. Like you just have a single thing that works very well. This is really cool. Uh, Another uh, use case for this would be test environments. So right now, if you are working on a WordPress, say plugin, and you have a pull request, you want to test it. Well, you need a server somewhere and that server you know, gets notified about your pull request, downloads the changes, like applies it, all these things. And then it gives you a site and you no, know, maybe some companies only have one staging. So if you have like three pull requests at the same time, like they are all competing for that server space. But with Playground, you can just run that temporary WordPress in your browser. And we in fact have a pull request previewer for Gutenberg. So this moves the computation to the end user, So you don't, you no longer need cloud infrastructure for this and everyone gets their own private instance. Like in a similar vein, uh, product demos, right? Like you can put playground on your homepage if you're a company working on a plugin or a theme and then allow people to interact with it like right then and there. You no longer have to do screenshots or videos. You just show your product. Like how cool is that? And further down the road, Uh, I fully foresee a button that will say, well, host it, right? Maybe I interacted with it. I put some content in there. All right, I like it. I want that to be my site. Well, why rebuild it? Why not host it from there? We could have that on wordpress.org, right? Right? There could be an entire WordPress running in there and every theme could be previewed in Playground. And then once you customize that and it looks lovely, just use it as your site. there's a ton of this stuff, honestly. Like one of my favorite mm, sort of futuristic examples is edge computing. So right now uh, WordPress works on a server and this is a centralized uh, model. So you have like maybe one central server or a data data center, WordPress is there. You have like MySQL database. And if you want to uh, make it faster, well, one, one of the things you can do is uh, hire a network of computers worldwide that will be closer to your uh, readers, to your visitors, and then like ship parts of, of the WordPress there, maybe like a static files, maybe like offload some computations, but like, that's the idea, like just put WordPress closer to to the end users. Well, with playground and WebAssembly, Well, maybe WordPress could work just on these end devices. Like some cloud providers, uh, like Cloudflare, they already support WebAssembly as a runtime uh, language for their edge nodes. Uh, Well, let's take it a step further, shall we? What if the entire WordPress was just downloaded to your end device? And maybe you have to do it only once, like during your entire lifetime, like as a device, and then it like stays cached and maybe updates. But every time you visit a WordPress site, you just download a small database file, and then you browse that, right? It's an ultimate PWA. Like the entire thing is on your device. And oh, if if that's a WooCommerce store, and you enter a tunnel, and you no longer have mobile range, well, maybe you can still browse these products. Why not, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's on your device. Th-
0: that's interesting. That's that's very interesting because at at the same time, I'm I'm wondering about the whole, you know. Big size because you have all of the media, images, videos. So it's like take everything and download it and browse it locally. Because uh, I will challenge this idea because this this, yeah. this is this this Conference. sounds yeah this sounds very futuristic. I like the the concept, but. It resembles, for me at least, um, like using a mobile application instead of mm-hmm. using like online shop. Then you can yeah. uh, the app, but then the app still needs to download the content and uh, real-time data, like on stock of like stock, stock, um, stock, um, like stocks or yeah. products are availability or prices. With websites, the 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 bottleneck, I would say, you know would be the data of, you know, you know, you can have the compressed text data of articles, but what about images? So um, I see a lot of challenges still, but maybe there are use cases. Are yeah The
1: yeah. challenges are there. All I'm saying is that everyone seems to go headless these days. And this is your front end for this. And now everything that gets invented in the headless space, like well, maybe adaptive image loading depending on your network connection, maybe some kind of predictive technology or like well, like doing your profile in real time like client side and then figuring out, well, like this browser is likely to down like browse th- these and these products, right? Well, maybe some pre-bundled uh, smaller versions of, of these assets could be shipped to the device right ahead of time. And sure, like you won't have HD preview of everything, but that's better than not having the access to website when when you're out of French, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm amazed that you know at at the speed everything is uh, developing and you know what what you have available in terms of you know how how the how rich the content can be and how fast can it load and how much data is transferred, you know in in the background. This is this is amazing and all of those technologies like headless and 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 uh, uh, like uh, other hardware solutions like you know C- CDns all but all of this combined creates like 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 real-time experience for browsing some of the websites obviously not every but some of this and I I have a feeling that this can um the, this mean playground can make it much more um, easier to develop and develop and then uh, faster uh, ultimately for uh, for the end user i don't know yet how <laughs> but th- this is like with every new tool which you know you, you mentioned this is a year old technology right uh, now? not
1: not even like i started i think like what was it july or uh, august last year something like that
0: 10 months yeah something like this yeah so so, so this is this is and how, how was it developed? Because you started, you know, you you had your uh, you know Gutenberg career in automatic. Then you come up with, came up with uh, with playground. So what was the uh, because from my understanding, you are fully committed to playground right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so how how does how, how did the transition uh, look like? Because this is like you, you invented a job for yourself, right? Or <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, at least. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, you could say that like, uh, this is how it typically works for me though. Like every, like, or most major projects I've been a a part of, like maybe at the beginning I had some, uh, something that someone asked me to do, but then as, as I explored, uh, I started noticing like systemic problems, like a larger issues to, to fix. And these were always more interesting for me and I naturally gravitated in that direction. And automatic is really great in that it gives you a lot of freedom to, to explore, especially if you uh, find uh, problems that matter that are worth solving that, that make people excited. Uh, chances are you'll have a chance to actually work on them. So before playground, for example, I was working with my colleague uh, and friend Dennis, who is going to look over playground while I'm away, like we've been uh, looking into this HTML tag processor. Uh, that's uh, official WordPress API as so of WordPress six point two. So everyone used to process HTML using regular expressions. Now you have a proper parser for that. And this was spontaneous thing that started like on a on a meetup. Like Dennis was exploring this for uh, quite some time already and uh, thinking about all the different solutions. And I like, I noticed him sitting on a couch and we started talking, and he's like, well, I bet we could implement uh, HTML spec in here. And I'm like, well, like that surely would be overly complex, right? Like there's no chance it would work. But I like the idea and we started hacking together and week later uh, we had something that worked and then like we spent some more time to ship it in WordPress. So no one asked us to do this. Like, this wasn't planned at all. It was spontaneous innovation. Same with Playground. Uh, I had a problem I'm with getting people to start using the course. Uh, I ideated a solution started working on it, it took a week to uh, create an MVP that uh, somewhat worked. And then turns out quite a few people get started getting excited about this. And I started getting all these ideas. Hey, like I bet this matters beyond tutorials, right? Like I bet this is a game changer for the entire WordPress world. And so as new ideas uh, appeared, I was just keeping track of them, like talking to people, uh, getting everyone excited. With notebook. <laughs> a again, notebook,
0: with a little notebook with, I with ideas. I used Evernote, but yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no one ever stopped me from doing it, is all I'm saying. And quite the opposite, like everyone wanted to see more of Playground. And I think that big turning point was when Matt Mullenweg and uh, Talked about playground during State of the World uh, last December. This was the the point where a lot of people learned about playground, like both externally and internally, uh, in automatic, and it started becoming a thing.
0: Hmm. Interesting, because what I'm thinking now, when 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 you related all uh, the whole story, is that. Um, in a product company because you know automatically it's a product company there's is, there's is a product behind even though it's there's it's heavily like um, open open source and uh, also um developed by the community it's like you can find yourself a niche that's in, that interests you and then if the whole product ben- benefits from this, this this, this is great. You, you, no one will bother you because you are building something great, right? So this is this is very interesting in, in a sense that you know you can you can invent yourself um, a, a cool thing to do, <laughs> while once while, while, while you are building while while you are working in you know, a in a product company that, that that's super interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, one thing I really like about that is automatically sort of this uh, create like choose your own journey environment if you can find something that you are proud of and uh, it is useful to people, like chances are you'll be just able to to work on this and I what you said about uh, finding a niche inside a product company like that's it's funny you phrased it that way because I was exactly thinking about playground as a kind of a startup. Even like inside uh, inside WordPress, so there are different directions it can take. Uh, you need to pivot it. You need to talk to the customers, so users of Playground, right? Like you need to listen to feedback, accommodate uh, for for all of that, make sure it grows, like get people on board, like all the things you do in a startup, right? Like and you may say, but there are no sales, but oh, every uh, every user like actually adopting that in their in, in their workflow, that's a sale, right? And uh, Sometimes that's a much harder sale than a monetary one because people have habits, uh, they have tools they are used to. They're like, oh, like, is this actually stable? Is this actually going to be a thing? Is this actually solving a problem? And getting to uh, getting folks to start uh, see value in a new thing in this space, like th- this, can be challenging. So, yeah, but but I feel I, I feel the value of Playground is becoming apparent now, and I'm super excited about mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah, you are you are super excited, and and because we 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 were in a hurry to record this podcast, so because you are also super excited about your few months sabbatical, right?
1: <laughs> yes, it actually starts later today. Like this is my last day, uh, last day of work. <laughs>
0: All right. Yeah, yeah. We are recording for your for, for the listeners. We are recording on Friday, and 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 this is the last uh, item on Adam's checklist before <laughs> before sab- going. That's off. It's not the, the
1: sabbat- last one, but it's one of the last ones yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's noon, <laughs> a couple of hours more to spend uh, at work. Yeah, but so because, you know, three months sabbatical is, is a great thing, not so common as well. And can you tell us a little bit more how this works, you know, in terms of, you know,
1: also remote remote culture of, of automatic? Absolutely. So sabbatical is an experimental benefit in automatic. And, you uh, after five years, you get to uh, take three months paid leave. And the idea is to completely disconnect from work. And well, if if you felt any sign of like fatigue or uh, or burnout or just had like no, none of that, but like some super, uh, super cool, uh, adventure you wanted to explore like i don't know, like travel around the world like get into woodworking whatever like that's your space to do it and i think this is quite amazing uh and i've never seen like i've never worked in a in a place that offered that ever before and this is like i know like some people do this for example like they uh um, leave one job they take some time off before starting the next one and like they, they get the sabbatical kind of this way well what I, what I really like about this one is like I'm like as you can tell I'm super excited about playground I really enjoy working in automatic and uh, sabbatical is like this opportunity for me to to take time off without changing anything in my life and this is super 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 good like there's a bunch of other cool things uh, in automatic uh, So, you may not know this about me, but I explored a data scientist career for some time. So I took a lot of uh, machine learning courses, statistics courses, mathematics, it took me two years to learn all this stuff. And then I was thinking, well, where can I actually apply this? And this was soon after Automatic acquired Tumblr. And Tumblr has a mm, lot of opportunity for data science uh, work. Like, how do you recommend the the best uh, possible content to, to a user browsing Tumblr, right? And these users have like very specific preferences. Like, how to how to make sure the platform uh, caters to that and uh, and keeps everyone uh, s- satisfied with what they're seeing. And so, I had a rotation in Tumblr as a data scientist for a, for a few months, and. Well, surprise surprise. And I'm saying that because I'm here talking to you about Playground. I decided to not pursue that. And you know, if that opportunity wasn't there, maybe my only choice would be to actually find some company who had an opening for that position and go there and like discover for a couple of months maybe like I enjoyed what I was doing before more. So like how do I come back? Like it would be much harder. But I had this uh, excellent opportunity to just do it all uh, in my current workplace and i'm actually like super grateful for mm. for being able to do that I, yeah i'm as you can tell like i'm, I'm quite hyped about uh yeah. automatic like, it's an excellent place for me yeah,
0: I, and, and this you know those opportunities usually comes with the size of the company because if you have enough you know branches or areas of expertise or or products within a bigger organization, those opportunities present themselves like you know, um, like by default, right? That, that yeah. they are there justified by the size of the organization. But this is like the management decision to let employees migrate because you know who yeah. will be filling your your post and okay then is there a way back to to you know to 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 the previous, previous state right so so this is this is um i would say management decision uh, that would be elastic for the employees to uh, to pursue their interests
1: yeah and to be fair like uh, rotations are limited in time by default right so uh, at the beginning you already know like you will be coming back to your previous state unless uh, everyone decides like it works and, and uh, you want to pursue the, the new thing. But like this particular thing wasn't a that big of a concern, okay. but it is very much a, yeah, it is very much a decision to make. And I know not every organization makes it easy or makes it even possible, like despite the size, and I'm really glad uh, Automatic does
0: and uh, can you tell us a little bit more about you know working remotely because automatic is famous for 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 the work remote work culture and it was it was it it, it was there before it was a thing and (laughs) and and now we also notice trendsetters (laughs) yeah i i i think like like a demo like a Pilot project <laughs> in terms of you know other other companies now now the trend is in reverse in full reverse big organizations are pulling people back to the office and by these guys of you know hybrid work which uh, which which forces you to work you know in the in the city where the headquarters are, or the offices so so it's like you know no longer remote uh, you cannot yeah. do do uh like... travel while wor- working so I'm I'm curious you know how 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 this is possible for automatic and why you know what wh- what makes it hum so why is it smooth and and how does it work you know because you know people were forced to push people to 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 work from homes now for some reasons they are not very happy about them th- 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 this but automatic is you know
1: no- nothing's changed there right yeah, so I'll answer in reverse, like you asked uh, a couple of questions in, in, in there. So uh, I've been on a couple of conferences this year and these are like all the badges that I uh, collected and I probably have like, a, I could probably find like one or two more somewhere. And all uh, these conferences, I've been talking to people from many different companies and one recurring, recurring theme I heard there was that a lot of uh, resumes they get are from folks who are working from some other company that is now reverting back to the office work and no one wants to return to the office. And of course, this is a biased sample because you will not hear from the other people who are happy about returning, but... Data scientists talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Biased (laughs) sample.
1: But there is a friction in going back to the office work, right? So... If you have a company that can make it work remotely, you suddenly get access to much more talent. You're no longer restricted to people that are available in your vicinity. You have access to talent worldwide. Even if it's in a completely different time zone, city, like maybe you don't like maybe your native languages are different, doesn't matter, right? Because remote work makes it all possible. So what makes it work for automatic? Well, I would say it's a couple of things. The f- number one, like by a huge margin, like, that's a culture. It's a culture of mm, communication. It's a culture of uh, mutual respect. And it's a culture of uh, embracing our differences. And what I mean by that is there is no standard template for a team working in automatic. Every team gets to refine their own processes, their own tools, their own way of work. Like, it's not like everyone has to use Trello or be agile or like use any framework at all. Like I've been in teams who had a very vague roadmap or almost no roadmap. I've been in teams who had very detailed like item by item roadmap. Both kinds, both types of teams worked. Uh, I've been a lead uh, for a time and my team ran like it was spread through I think like all major time zones. So I had people like on the uh, east and west coast in the US, but also in Europe, also uh, in Asia and Australia and New Zealand. And these are fun times. And how do you make the all these people work together when there isn't even a single time window where they can communicate, right? That's a challenge. So we had to find a solution specifically for this situation. And maybe that solution wouldn't work for other teams. So all sorts of These scenarios already happened at one point or another in automatic. So there is very rich knowledge base and experience in the company that you can consult to solve your specific problem. Maybe it doesn't make sense to make a recurring recurring call when there isn't a specific time where everyone can gather, right? Or maybe it makes more sense to document more stuff that you're doing in writing. If the next person, like uh, that, you will be handing it over to, uh, will wake up long after you disconnect for the day. So, what I'm saying is, mm, communication is the number one factor that makes it work, and it works differently for every team. And like we have this motto, even like communication is oxygen.
0: Mm, okay. and there's
1: yeah automatic has a creed also i'm not sure if you've you've heard of that i will never uh, stop learning is it's one of the things that it says and this is true right there are no defined things that always work you are always things are always in contact constant flux like if something doesn't work you have to figure out why if something works well well how do we double down on that every situation is different every team is different but this is one jolly bunch of, of folks who work to, uh, together surprisingly well. And also one other thing about Automatic is that it can be chaotic at times and it's fine. Like there's no point in trying to structure like 2000 people working in different places like, and pull them into a mold, like just embrace the chaos and let it, let it like, give you the best of it. Like for example, Playground that was a chaotic enterprise like a random person and random project just had this idea and turns out they had like enough uh, web skills to to prototype something and, and take it from there right like it didn't have to happen but it happened and if things were much more structured it pr- pr- it would probably it would have probably not happened like what's the right structure for this sentence? Uh, you know what i'm saying y-
0: y- yeah yeah i'm thinking about this because it's like again double 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 edged sword because um I'm thinking about raining two thousand people in this space all all spread across every every time zone. I I, I bet there's Person in every time zone, in the, even Alaska, probably as well. Yeah. Especially, I, I bet,
1: Alaska. <laughs> especially Alaska. Especially Alaska. <laughs> I don't know. I just know there are people there. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah, but you know, so, so, so uh, when I'm thinking about like efficiency and processes, and when I'm hearing every team has its own way of doing things okay there is that knowledge base of corner cases probably every corner case get document gets documented probably at some point so that it is like benefiting the whole organization but you know i'm thinking about like migrating people from team to team um changing the the way they are documenting their work or 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 how they communicate but maybe this is not such a challenge, but at the same time, this gives a lot of opportunities. Where though, th- this is not so structured a process that gives a random Adam <laughs> an opportunity to create playground, for example. Uh, that pretty
1: well. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, and, and 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 be let loose uh, to 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 pursue uh, what uh, what started to look promising. So 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 this is, you know, I'm thinking about that like organic structures where again, because I, I, I use that phrase with, with talking uh, last time with, uh, um, with Brian, I'll be uh, that you know, w- because this is also one of the reasons I'm coming back to that questions of how op- automatic operates. Uh, because it's like a little bit ha- chaotic, but at the same, it's resilient to some um, to, to some extent. So again, yeah. my my question is very long not, not, not very specific question, but uh, you know this, this this is this is this is what I'm thinking when when I'm listening to you about how this is um, working from from internal from uh, like uh, taking an internal point of view.
1: If I'm working with another team and well I want to get a feeling of what they are working on, how does it work like what are their processes, if there are any, I can go to their p2 and I can find out, right It's not like, this information is fenced. I don't have to go through there. So team leads in automatic are very different from managers in most companies in that they don't uh, like. If you want to take time off, for example, like there are scenarios where you have to figure out like if you know, enough people is going to be around, blah blah. But most of the time, like these, that's that's how it works in the teams I was a part of. Like you just uh, go to a tool like to something in your current like there is no approval process is what I'm saying. And this works uh, similarly for surprisingly many things. So team leads are more like contact points than they are the directors, if, if that makes sense. So I can, <clears throat> sorry, I can go to any Teams p I can interact with, with the folks there, uh, I can go to their Slack channel. And if I want if I need something from a person from another team, like I can just approach them directly, right? Like there's, I, I don't think I've seen a situation where someone was like, oh, like I'm manage- managing this team, uh, team, you should have talked to me. Like that that never happened to me. So there is a culture of openness and access to information, and like we're all in this together.
0: I'm also thinking about culture fit when, when, when hiring people because. No, this, look, you, you've been managing team across, you know, 12 time zones, right? Yeah. More or less, or even more. Yeah, 12 is, 12 is max, <laughs> 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 you know, in terms of sp- time spread. But, you know, how, you know, th- those people have to interact, you know, w- w- with each other. And I, I, I'm curious now, how do you, or have you... If you've been recruiting to your teams, or, uh, or, or 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 you know, how how you think about this in terms of culture feed, because you can inherit
1: culture uh, from the organization, mm-hmm. and you can you know, recruiting is separate uh, from team leads from what I've uh, been exposed to. So I didn't get to recruit to my own team. Like there's a recruitment process, and you can volunteer to be a part of that, uh, but. Uh, there is a process. And like, it has specific steps uh, that are uh, you know, different roles and, and nuances, but more, uh, more or less, that's that's the case. So this, uh, the culture feed, mm, it becomes very apparent during that process. So uh, things also change over time. But uh, when I was joining automatic, uh, my trial Was a couple of weeks of uh, actual work, like paid work also, with the team I was about to join. So I was interacting with them. We were working remotely. Uh, I was asking questions. They were giving me feedback. And once everyone decided it works, uh, so works for me, works for the team, then we moved on.
0: All right. Yeah, I, I read that this is <clears throat> like initial process. I I read on your website that this is the initial process that you work with, join the team for for a trial period, which I I think very good idea uh, to do so, especially if you have very certain you know uh, way of doing things, like two thousand people strong remote company. So this is this, this is
1: this a full is disclosure. Like I think the trial process evolved, and I'm not uh, familiar with the details right now but I think it would be different today than it was five years ago when I was trained Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's not like, you know, <laughs> legal advice
0: or, 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 or career advice of any sort. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, am also curious, you know, um, uh, taking a couple of steps back to, to playground still, uh, is there like one thing that surprised you most when you've been building playground because when I'm talking to 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 our uh, to, to my other guests uh, when they were building products and and playground is a product you know this is a very interesting thing t- for me to ask you know what what were let's say initial assumptions that got um, corrected or you got surprised by something that you you wouldn't tell this would happen or or, or this would behave this way or or you know something surprising.
1: <laughs> sure I, I never expected anyone to build a mobile app based on this but i know i know that wasn't your question <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly i don't have any uh, i didn't have many assumptions in a in the first place i just wanted to see how far i could take this and all right my largest assumption was that this wouldn't work and i just wanted to see how far uh, would, uh, would I get before I hit the wall? And like, okay. I don't see the wall yet.
0: All right. So, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the road is straight. <laughs> Speaking of road, what's on the roadmap? You know, obviously after you get back from your uh, wonderful three-month sabbatical.
1: Sure. So uh, the roadmap, like that's uh, very much a living document, and it's in flux. So as we learn about new cases, it uh, no, it, it will change to reflect what makes sense the most. And also everyone is welcome to uh, join the GitHub issue about the roadmap and, uh, and discuss. That being said, three primary things on that roadmap are uh, making WordPress super accessible to like users, designers, uh, developers, like just, just to use it, uh, just to get started with it. Then there is uh, learning. WordPress and about WordPress, make that super accessible. So whether you're a developer, and you want to start writing code, or maybe you just want to find out how to change a theme on your site, right, or how to change the URL structure, like make this super accessible. Uh, One of the things I'm excited about that may come together is live testable documentation is what I call it. So Imagine a Markdown document where you have a code snippet and that code snippet, uh, when it's rendered on a website, in the actual docs, maybe it becomes live and you can change it and like rerun it and get the different results. But it would also uh, be tested as a part of CI process. So whenever any pull request breaks something in a docs, well, right now it's very hard to find out. But with this kind of process in place, it would be very apparent. And I think the same could could be done for the actual guided tutorials for using WordPress. So, oh, maybe here is a list of steps to switch a theme. And we know it works because at the end of it, we have a new theme. So, oh, here's a pull request that broke it. And we can walk through these steps because Playground works in the browser, but also on the server. We can walk through these steps like in CI and now, oh, this doc page no longer works. So, That's something I'm personally very excited about, but that's the second thing. And uh, third, uh, playground use case uh, on the roadmap. And I have to pull a roadmap for that because my memory is not so good. Uh, (laughs) Open new doors for WordPress. And this is innovative things like the mobile app, but also the VS Code extension, but also maybe bringing the Visual Studio Code extension into the browser version of Visual Studio Code or uh, integrating like all of that with your local directory, right? Like the best development environment is one that you don't have to install like, mm-hmm. it can all in your browser. Maybe that is integration with uh, exciting new tools that we have. So say chat GPT, right? Like you can go to playground, you can say, oh, I want a three column layout. And by the way, I have a fish store. And it does something right there. And you don't need Mm -hmm. any hardware for that, like just the OpenAI API key. Like, and like once these models like get into browsers, like you wouldn't even need that. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, So, quite some things, and none of that has any date on it. So it's not like there is a roadmap with specific milestones and uh, no stages. Uh, It is a general roadmap. And the thing I love about Playground the most is that a tiny push, like applying a tiny force in one part of it can lead to uh, amazing results across all Playground use cases because uh, Playground is uh, portable, right? So it runs in all the different contexts. So maybe if I'm able to say, have a local development environment, which now exists, well, maybe it's not that hard to take it. And once I have uh, some kind of code editor in the browser, well, plug this in there, right? And now I have a environment in a browser or maybe if I have so playground has this language of blueprints that you can use to set up any website that you want like you give it steps right install plugin create these files set site options so once you have that maybe it's not that hard to also plug it into a hosting environment and now you can start actual wordpress websites using blueprints right and then if you can use the same blueprints for both well maybe you can play with something in your browser. And then I like, make it interoperable with, oh, is this a real site? Is this a playground? Well, does it matter?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting and exciting future in front of playground. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. I, I right. am very excited about it. Uh, hey. let's, let, I wonder if I, there's anything else I can uh, give you on that. Like, just let me take a quick glance over this. Oh, so there's one uh, other thing. So when I uh, talk about like applying one force in one place, like here's another example of that. Uh, Right now, like a couple of days ago, uh, the plugin, WordPress plugin based on WordPress Playground was approved for WordPress plugin directory. It is called interactive code Block, And what it allows you to do is write a blog post with PHP code snippets in it and you can run those snippets as a user and you can actually like write in the editor, uh, like write PHP code like in that code editor in Gutenberg when you're authoring the post and this was itself a sum of very tiny advances in other areas. So now that we have this, right, like that's another one of these like small steps that, oh. Well, we can run code in the browser now. Well, maybe we can take that and put it in a tutorial I and mean, maybe you can add tabs to that. So now we can edit different files. Well, tabs plus code editing, that's not that different from a code editor, right? So mm-hmm. like here's another direction. and. Ah, I can keep talking and talking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so so that's great to hear. The the roadmap is very, very, very full. So very exciting times in in front of Playground. Adam, thank you very much for for making time to to record and for our conversation. And I wish you... I'd love to add
1: one more thing. Uh, Because the roadmap is so full and Playground uh, is, well, such a promising project, like I invite uh, everyone listening to this uh, conversation to... uh, come over to the repo, come over to uh, Meta Playground uh, Slack channel on WordPress.org, Slack, and like, help us build it all. And helping can be anything, right? Like It can be just sharing a problem you're experiencing or what is confusing about Playground. It can be proposing a solution. It can be triaging existing problems. It can, it can be contributing code if you're up for it. And you don't need to know any WebAssembly to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hope Playground to be very welcoming environment for new contributors, and if there is any friction along the way, like even speaking uh, about that and and helping uh, helping everyone fix it, like that's also super helpful contribution. So, I just wanted to say that uh, please come over and help us build the future.
0: Great, great. We will we will include this info in, in the in the notes. So awesome. I, Yeah, you can. uh, Our listeners can find a link to to the playground. And Adam, have a great Sabbatical. Uh, Recharge the batteries for for the (laughs) playground. (laughs) Uh, And take care, please.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been lovely. And yeah, like let's let's make a good Sabbatical and uh, good playground. Exactly. Thank you. If you like what you've just heard, don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. On the other hand, if you've got a question we haven't answered yet, feel free to reach out to us directly. Just go to awesomestudio.com forward slash contact. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode of the Awesome to Know podcast.